Hi, my name is Michelle Fiordaliso. I'm the co-host of The When Is Now. And today we'll be wrapping out our first season one with a little conversation between my co-host Zora Alunga-Reed and our producer Jack Sager. Thank you listeners for being with us during our inaugural season. It's been a learning experience for all of us, but we are so grateful to have been here. In the new year, we'll be experiencing some changes. Zora is going on to do some other things, which she's going to tell you about. But as a novice podcaster myself, and Zora was a seasoned podcaster, I really benefited from having her be the rocket booster that got this thing going, because I certainly was scared of the technology, the process, the microphone, everything you could think of. So uh, I'm so grateful to have had her on board, and I'm going to let her share about what's coming up for her in 2021. Sure. So thank you, Michelle. I am very grateful to this project and to you and Jack as well for letting me sort of be, be a co-host for a bit and just sort of see this project begin and, and get its roots going. In 2021, I will be returning to Zoom University. I have a lot to learn. I, I do really miss school quite a bit. So I'll be getting back into that, hopefully writing more. I'd like to, I'd like to try to publish some work in 2021 as well. It's a, a resolution, so unknown if that's going to be followed through on. Where are you studying and what are you studying for those listeners who don't know? Sure. So I am studying at Stanford, but technically right now in New York City um, in my bedroom. And I'm studying philosophy and literature. So yeah, getting getting back into that, that philosophy mindset. It's going to be my 2021 trajectory. And if a genie came out of a bottle, what would the first piece you publish be? What genre? What kind of publication? Sure. Um, so I actually wrote a play, a stage play last year called Squirrels, A Tragic Tale of Loss and Desire. Um, it is about squirrels, uh, somewhat like Animal Farm, but only squirrels. Yeah, so I'd love to publish that. It is definitely quite niche, unsure of where that would go. Um, if anything, I'd love to have it be a, you know, a real play at some point. Um, but I don't know if that'll happen given given the pandemic. But I, that would be that would be sort of an ideal a dream of mine to have to have that reach a larger audience. That sounds great. I love squirrels, and as a playwright myself, uh, as I reflect back on 2020, one of the delights of the year was getting to see a television pilot that I wrote get onto its feet in a Zoom reading. So wow. I'm going to just put that in your back pocket that yeah. Zoom readings are possible and they can be magical as I experienced myself. So maybe Squirrels starts as a, as a, a Zoom, Zoom reading. reading. Yeah, that's a great idea. Maybe, maybe I'll make that happen. That'd be awesome. As we think about wrapping out our season one and, and 2020, I thought it would be great if all of us shared just some of the things that we are grateful for from this past year. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I am so grateful for the one is now, and I'm also just so grateful for being able to have so many new, new opportunities and new areas to look at, uh, whether it's in myself or, or the world around me or projects in 2020 that I wouldn't necessarily have if I was back at school. So it's very, it's very, 
refreshing to be able to try new things and have all these things when there's so much bad stuff going on in the world. It's it's nice to be able to have like so many different things to look at, I think now and different and like different perspectives to take on different projects. So I'm really appreciative for the one is now and similar projects that I've just been being able to take more time to work on. And can you tell listeners where you're at school and what you're studying? Sure. I'm at the University of Arizona, Bear Down. I'm a BM, Bachelor of Music major, a BM in vocal performance at the University of Arizona, and I also produce podcasts. Similar to Jack, I'm really grateful for the space this year has provided unintentionally to, to create and to sort of pursue various forms of, of media and creation that I wasn't able to pursue prior because I was at school. Um, recently, I, I, I was gifted, Chris, early Christmas gifted a, a, a beginner turntable. So I've been sort of uh, DJing my own room, playing little sets for myself. It's always been a lifelong dream to, to DJ. So that's just something that I've been able to do um, by virtue of the fact that I am stuck at home. Um, and hopefully one day I'll be able to DJ for for more than one person. Um, and on top of that, I'm, I'm also just incredibly grateful for my family and uh, the people here in New York who I wasn't able to see because I was, you know, off in California for, for most of the year, who are, who are, who've been real rocks for me um, throughout this year and really supportive and kind and loving. Um, I'm just so grateful to be close to them, especially right now. And one of the things I'm grateful for is I, I'm a very organized person that likes to plan and execute. And this year has forced me, but probably all of us to be in a greater uh, place of surrender. And it's been a good reminder of how life often provides a better itinerary than the one I create. Because the year took me to so many interesting places and had me meet so many interesting people and have experiences that I just never could have predicted. And as we reflect back on this season one, which to me, it's just astonishing to think back on the first of the year I was in London and uh, I had always wanted to do a podcast, but really had no idea how to make that happen. And now we have a full season under our belt. Does anybody want to share a moment that they remember from any of our interviews this year that stands out? Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about Sheila Darcy and the interview we had with her about Sketch Poetic. I, that whole interview, honestly, was just a really wonderful experience for me just to hear from someone who's dedicated their life to this. I guess somewhat niche, but but very accessible and very powerful practice of mindfulness and self-care. And I've been trying to sort of incorporate components of her practice into my own life and, and found great, great benefit from those. So I was just thinking about her, thinking maybe I'll, I'll shoot her an email to thank her for, for her wisdom. I really, I really enjoyed listening to the podcast with Alicia Wiesel. And the, and the moment where he was talking about, or Michelle, where you asked, do I, what, what do you think you taught your father? And just, and, or like, and what do you think you're teaching your children? What do you think your children are learning from you? And what have you learned from your children? I just thought that was so, so interesting to listen to that question because it's just, it's so self-reflective, but it's also like a real question. Like, what did you teach your father who survived the Holocaust? Like, 
Like, well, what, what could I, what could I, my, if I'm his son, what could I possibly taught him? And I think that listening to him reflect on that was just so interesting and such a question, especially now in 2020, when everybody's like at home thinking about themselves and what, what, what their, what they, their relationship with the world and just thinking about, you know, with your father, with your family. I just think that, that I really found that really powerful. So Jack, what do you think you're teaching your parents? <laughs> what I think I'm teaching my parents, I think similar to what Alicia said, uh, patience. <laughs> and I, I, it's again, like it made me think about it. Like, what am I, what am I teaching my parents? And it was hard for me to think of it. I think an answer initially, but I, I think that it's when you're, I feel like at least for me, because I'm, I'm at home, it's hard for me to think about it in the moment because I'm, because I'm here and like I'm, I'm with them every day, but I definitely think I'm, I'm teaching my parents well, I think every day, like how you respond to something, right? It's like how you respond to your parents. They learn something about like, you know, things that they should do that they shouldn't do. What, what makes you annoyed or what makes you really happy? And I think, I think that I'm teaching my parents, you know, just it's not that I'm teaching them something specifically, but like, just like we have like a relationship together and like, it's like grown because we're so close all the time because we're all in the same house now. So it's like, I think it's not really like what I'm teaching them, but like how we are together. Well, and I, when I reflect on a couple of the interviews that stand out to me, uh, actually two of the people that I'm thinking about are parents, Manaz Mahmood and Rameshwar Das, and uh, they both lost daughters in untimely ways. And, and their grace and their presence really impacted me in the sense that so much of life is about being present to everything. And that's a lot about this year too, for me, is how do we be present to the incredible beauty and the incredible humanity, and also the tragedy and grief and loss. So that's what stayed for me. Zora, do you have a wish for 2021? No, I have so many wishes for 2021. I'm really trying to keep my expectations manageable, kind of lower, because I don't think there's going to be a, a magical shift with the new year necessarily. But I do hope that there is at least gradual change and joy. One of my wishes, of course, close to this pandemic, sort of an end, that would be beautiful. I also just really hope that we're able to continue to connect to each other on a, on a very basic human level. I think part of this shared experience of being isolated and at home and distance from each other indirectly created like a connection between a lot of different people and and sort of made us all feel a lot more human and I, I I hope we can carry that through even once we all become more physically connected and 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 less distant and I also just hope that we start to take action on climate change it's less of a less of a mindful wish perhaps but definitely one that I that I think we could do I think we can I think we can take what we've learned from this year and start to make the future look a little bit better. I wish for 2021, similar to Zora, an end to the pandemic. I think that we need a good year. You know, as as a in the world, we need a good year. I'm just I'm wishful for a good year, a fresh start, a new wave of people coming in to you know into power, a new lots of just lots of change. And I think that's good. I think 2020 was kind of a breaking point in a lot of ways, whether it was a breaking point, you know, it was a health, obviously a health crisis, but I think a cultural breaking point too, in a lot of ways. I think that we need a really, a really strong start to this, to a new, to a new perspective and a new, and a new decade.
let's let's pretend the decade starts with 2021. And I would say that my wish is a couple of things. One of mine comes from our interview with Alicia Wiesel, where he suggested that we need to give each other the benefit of the doubt more, and we need to have hard conversations and we need to listen. And so that's my one of my wishes. And another one of my wishes is that in one of the days of the coaching program for the When Is Now, it talks about how the Renaissance started right after the bubonic plague ended. And so I am making a wish that we are really on the precipice for a whole new level of innovation and creativity like we could never imagine. And with that, I'm going to wrap out and thank everybody who has listened to us these past months since we started. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you both. Thank you, everyone. And remember, the when is now.